Despite being no larger than the state of New Jersey, Israel is a country where all eyes are constantly turned. From the media to politics to religion, tension is palpable and not to be overlooked. In past generations, investing in ensuring Israel's existence was more of a given, regardless of one's religious or ethnic background. Today, that's changed with younger generations no longer holding that same passion and with many reflecting either apathetic or sometimes even antagonistic views towards the state's right and need to exist. This is not about us versus them, good versus bad. As someone currently living in Israel, I see the country for what it is, the good, the bad, and the sabra, as the saying goes. So join me, Izzy Sakai, as we go beyond politics and sit down with Jewish and non-Jewish changemakers, thinkers, and fearless leaders to discuss Israel's vital existence in the past, present, and future. Welcome to Our Israel Narrative. Hey everyone. So on our episode of Our Israel Narrative today, we are sitting with the one and only Nisim Black, uh, who I believe is coming live from Beit Shemesh, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I'm actually sitting, unfortunately, this time around on the other side of the world, but um, nonetheless, we were able to get on here and get a recording in. Um, I was really, really excited about this episode. Actually, just reminding me, Sam, I we, we met in an airport um, very briefly, um, and I just jumped the opportunity to connect with him because I do think, Nisim, you're someone who um, just is is so positively outspoken, such a positive image for the Jewish people um, across the spectrum. Really, like when I when I bring up your name, your name comes up in conversation. It's it's always with a light and a smile, um, wow. and, I, and I think so you really just you bring that to Kali Israel, and we're we're very very lucky. Um, and I know, you know, you are now in Israel with your family, your beautiful family, and, um, just would love, you know, to dive deeper and dig in a little bit about your music, about, uh, your life there, what it's been like. Um, and yeah, just a real authentic conversation around Israel. Thank um, you so much. So, Very nice words. I really appreciate Izzy. Appreciate it. I meant it. Um, so yeah, if you just want to kick off, maybe sharing a little bit about where you're sitting right now. Um, Okay, go ahead. No, no, no. Go for it. Go for it. Ivan. Uh, well, I'm here specifically. I'm in in my home studio, <laughs> in uh, in the city of Beit Shemesh uh, that I've developed a love for. You know, I spent three years. The first three years I lived here in Israel um, was in um, in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem, and uh, and and it's great and it's beautiful and it's a tourist attraction. But it could be very hard to live in Jerusalem, you know, uh, under all the intense pressure and, should I say, traffic um, that's happening uh, all throughout. And and uh, as much as I love it, I much more so have a better love for Jerusalem now that I don't live there, because then I don't have to wake up and go through the hustle and bustle of trying to get my kids to school there. <laughs> but uh, so when everybody asks me about Beit Shemesh, I says, Beit Shemesh is my Jerusalem. Is a, This is my Yerushalayim, you know? And I always say that Eretz Israel is a place for everybody. And you just have to find your Yerushalayim. Your Yerushalayim may not be Yerushalayim, but your Yerushalayim, which is Yeru, right? Shalem, Shalem. You need a place where you'll be Yasha and Shalem, a place where you'll be whole. So um, uh, Jerusalem's real, definitely beautiful and it's the place. But uh, we moved here to Beit Shemesh after much fighting because like, it's one of those things after you make Aliyah, you're thinking like, okay, especially if you move to Jerusalem, like you just don't want to be defeated. Like, you know, all the English speakers are in Beit Shemesh, we're not going there. We're not going to, and like after you, it's just like so great here in Beit Shemesh. Like, why didn't we do it? <laughs> so I'm here in Beit Shemesh here now, uh, four years. Um, and uh, here and there to Israel. Amazing. I, I will say, you know, people, people bring up that I live in your slime. Um, mm-hmm. 
happens to work for my stage in life and all that. Um, <laughs> but but I do hear the the intensity of it, and I I think one thing that we have to be like kinder to ourselves about being immigrants. Really, even though we're going to our homeland and we feel so warm and loved and accepted is mm-hmm. you're still trying to make it in a foreign place and right. whatever you can do, you know, my, my parents were both immigrants, their families, and they moved to communities where it was a majority of other immigrants from the same place. And, right. you know, maybe my grandparents didn't learn so much English, but they managed to get by, they managed to provide and contribute to society in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's as long as you're doing that, like you need to set up the comforts for yourself. So I think it's, I'm very pro, you know, go where you need to go and be, um, mm-hmm. And just make that your home as long as, right. you know, Israel, right. you, you still understand where you are and what you're, you know, what you're a part of. So, no, absolutely. All our power to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, how, how long have you been in Israel? How long have you guys been Altogether, it's been seven years now. Seven years. Wow. And uh, we moved from my wife, it was sight unseen. She had never been here. Um, wow. But that's a story in it of herself. Yeah, I, like I would just think about like how convincing could I have been to have moved my wife here and she'd never been here before. Like, and I, and I think I'm not a salesman, so for some reason, um, no, we picked up and we and we moved with our children. Even my daughter was my eldest was seven, I think at the time, and uh, I had a three year old and a two year old, and the baby was four months when we made Aliyah. So we, um, so when we moved, I, I didn't realize it, but I guess it was a very good age also too for our children, even my seven-year-old. I mean, cause they're all Israeli now. I've been trying to like give them some of my American, like, you know, values and life skills and midos and I just, they're a hundred percent Israeli, my kids. So, um, and then help that the, the next three. You Israeli passport. You're saying like. <laughs> They have become full fledged, full fledged Israelis, and then my uh, my youngest three were born here. So, so seven seven wow. kids, seven years in Israel. It didn't happen each kid at that time, but uh, sort of aligned itself that way. Wow, it's incredible. And I guess you know, I'm curious as where, uh, and if it was simultaneously for you and your wife, or it was uh, separate journeys. But where kind of that love for Israel first. Uh, developed and kind of led you to it's very good you know i've been asked that a lot and it's very hard for me because the whole thing ties into my my journey to judaism altogether because i was uh you know i was searching just like most uh people who end up converting to the judaism i think well are probably not probably I'm, i'm for sure that the overwhelming majority of at least orthodox converts were generally Christians before that some form of Christianity, whether it was more um, orthodox, but more more than likely from some type of evangelical background, um, such as myself. So that journey um, obviously would start anywhere, like the one place you think it would, in the Bible itself. You're reading about the land. You are, are, are trying to, as much as you can, experience that type of love, that type of fire that you're reading about. And you can't help it that that not only do you want to connect with the God, you want to connect with the people and you want to connect with the land. So as I was um, learning and, you know, sort of discovering, you know, um, the truth of the Torah, of the truth of the Jewish people in Israel and that connection between them and God, it was almost like there was never a time, night, like it's harder for me to describe a time when I didn't want to be here. Because I, from the moment that I really started studying and, and, and learning, spending a lot of time in the Nevim. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I would say like a lot of people who even come from a more religious background um, 
it's harder for them to have a connection to the land because they don't have a connection to the book. It's like the people of the book that never read the book, right? For anybody that's seriously reading the book, you cannot help but like at least want to be there for some amount of time to go visit. I want to see where everything happens. I want to I want to feel that place because um, the the uh, you know I don't have the exact numbers, but it, it obviously was something that's very very important to God. This land, He keeps talking about it. Everybody keeps talking about it. That you so uh, you obviously want to be in that place. So for me, my craving started very, very, and you know, and I really, I guess I would say, started my pining and my yearning somewhere around 2008, 2007 or something like that, when I was uh, really, really going full-fledged. Uh, my wife did not share the uh, same passion as me <laughs> to, to move here. She, uh, for her, was a little bit harder. I guess she would have been a little bit more realistic. Obviously, always wanted to come, but not, not, to, not to live yet. And uh, it really did. It took a lot of prayer. It got really bad. She wouldn't let me bring up Israel in the house because she felt she was wow. being pushed too much. So I couldn't. I couldn't do it anymore. But uh, I had a, it was a lot of prayers. Talked to God, and one day she said herself that she wanted to move sight unseen. We moved here, and uh, we we got off. And she's like, I can't believe we're here. And now it's hard to get her to leave. Uh, she never even wants to go with me for for a visit anywhere. She she doesn't want to leave Israel. So. Um, but no, we just, we just, we love it here. And it was, it was definitely because of that, that connection that we had to Tanakh that, that made us want it to be here. It's incredible. I re- I have chills as you're speaking because I can sense just like how it, it's from such a place of emet. Like you just really saw the truth and felt the truth for yourself and for your family and uh, right. made the jump. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I, I do... I have to say, from most who I speak to you about their Alia journey, it's a uh, it's very often this kind of like greater than you uh, journey. Like you don't, as in like you were davening and just hoping, and then one day your your wife just turned around and almost like magically was like, "Okay, let's do it." Like it's uh, it's it's a it so was, above you. It was completely magical. Let me tell you what happened. I'll give you I'll give you a little bit longer version of what happened. We got time. So I was I would I, as a, I'm a, I'm a Breslov Hasid. Uh, one of one of the staples of of Breslov Hasidus is that we 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 try very much so to take up the advice of Rabbi Nachman, who says, which is our founder who founded the Hasidus in the late 1700s. Um, <clears throat> he 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 was very adamant about spending every single day spending some time talking to God, at least his minimum was was an hour. At least you would take an hour, whether it was in the forest, whether in a room or somewhere that you spend that one hour spending time with God and you talk to him and you beg him on, on and give him reasons on why he should bring you close and you make it make accustom yourself, he says, to talk to God like he's your best friend every single day. So this is something I'm very, very uh, adamant about. I, and, and, and that's how I Honestly, I found Judaism even before I found Rabbi Nachman. So that was sort of like my 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 uh, my uh, you know was was the way that I was able to recognize I was in the right place. You know, uh, when I came across this in the in the Brestle of books. So, but anyway, so I would go out every day and I'd be talking to God about other things, but at least spend another five ten minutes, maybe asking God, begging Him. That you know, he also show my wife the light because I know that I'm supposed to be in there at Israel, but she doesn't know it yet, you know. So I'm talking to God about it every day, maybe five or ten minutes, and and still at home I can't say is. Don't say is. It was eliminated from the dictionary in the black house because it sounded like I was about to bring up Israel, so I, I couldn't bring it up. So um, I remember I went uh, one time. I, you know, I go to Uman every year in Ukraine for Rosh Hashanah, so I was there. 
one Rosh Hashanah, and that only made it worse because every time I go there, most uh, most of the population of guys that are migrating to to Uman for Rosh Hashanah are coming from Israel. So it's sort of this uh, this 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 love, this this you know, it's a certain um, fire and vibrance that that when a, when a Jew comes from Israel and their and their dedication to to Judaism, even if it's just very small things, you know, having a conversation with a with a cab driver in Israel can be like you know mind blowing, right? So you imagine being here in this place with all these people, and all they did was like make all my yearning and desire just like worse. It went on like overdrive. So I remember both days of Rosh Hashanah. I think it was the second day actually. I I, I woke up early. Um, and I dive in at a Nate's minion. So right at sunrise, I dive in with the early minion. So they, they finished early. So lunch wasn't going to be for several hours after the way that it was arranged over there. So I decided to go. And instead of spending five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, I spent four hours and I talked to God only about moving to Israel. Wow. That was all I was begging about was that I would never forget it at the edge of the of the of the the river bank down this very dirty river now on the end of Pushkin Street, I was over there crying, hacking God. I'm sure people walk back and forth like, "Why is he still there? He's still there." But I, only about Israel. This is it. I guarantee you. I I I promise you. I can't promise you, but I can guarantee you that my words are emes. After after um after Rosh Hashanah that night. I called my wife. We were still living in Seattle at the time. I called her just to check in. It was after after the holiday. It was very, very late. And I asked her, I said, you know, how's everything? She said, you're not going to believe what happened to me. I said, what? I didn't tell her anything. She said, I had two dreams that I was in Israel. And I kept oh, on hearing God. something say, everything's okay. Everything's going to be okay. And then she said, the song came on by the singer, Levi Robin, that said, you know, don't be afraid of the lines. And it was a fr- song that we knew. But she never even understood what the words were. She just, you know, it was a great song. She listened to it all the time, but she didn't know what he was talking about. And he's actually talking about not being afraid to be in Israel. He's talking about the story of Daniel yearning to get back to Israel. And so the song comes on inside of her dream. And it happens. She had two dreams, two separate dreams about being in Israel on the same night. She woke up, went to sleep. And I'm like, I have goosebumps now because I'm like, wow. You know what I mean? God, listen to me. And I said, so I said, so, hon, maybe. Maybe Hashem's trying to tell us something. She goes, "Nope, I never been there. Don't know the language." And I'm like, "I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm still getting like, we almost had her. What are you doing? You know?" So, so the whole thing was crazy, right? So, after this, I only got more and more determined because that you give me a little bit. Now I know, I know, I know the address. You know, so it was a few weeks later, maybe maybe about a month later, I was in. Um, I had a like a speaking tour. Um, in London, in the UK, that was right. And I had a Shabbat UK that was going to be in Whitefield. It was a beautiful community, wonderful experience. It was Shabbat UK. There was a lot of boys coming, um, you know, from many different backgrounds that never kept Shabbos before. And we had a, like, it was like the ultimate Shabbos, you know, beautiful weekend. And, and the shim opened up my mouth. We had many words of like, you know, strengthening and chizik and whatever. It was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So much so to where a lot of the chevra, the people that were there, sorry, I'm trying to keep it as English as possible. I don't know who your audience is. Yeah, you can do the translating. (laughs) So so a lot of different people there were saying, you know, Nisi, maybe you move to Manchester. Come here, you know, come work with the boys. You're giving them a lot of of strength. You know, you should. And I was telling everybody, no way, I I can't. I'm I'm, I'm moving. I'm making Aliyah. I'm moving to Eretisrael in a few, in a few (laughs) In a few months, I'm going to be moving. And everybody's going, oh, Mazel Tov, we're having Lechimes or whatever. Now, if they would ask my wife, she'd have been like, this guy's crazy. 
But already, Hashim gave me a little bit, so I already knew it's coming. I just, I haven't been praying enough. So what happened is that whole entire week, I was away for seven days. I barely slept. I was up every night, wherever I stayed, the backyard. I was crying all three, four o'clock in the morning, begging God to move to Israel. I came back from that trip, and I was sitting in the living room with my wife. Mind you, things is normal. No ears, no nothing. And she's sitting on the floor, and she goes, I think I think we should move to Israel. It's giving all these beautiful reasons for why we need to be there and how it makes so much sense. And I'm like over there, like she like is like it's her idea. It was my whole idea, right? The whole entire time. So that was the that was the beginning, I guess, of a of a of a of a beautiful journey. The only other thing that I, I should I should probably mention that uh if it wasn't my wife, I'd probably get in a lot of trouble for it. Uh, well, it was already interesting because the whole past year prior to I had filled out uh, all the Nefesh Ben Nefesh paperwork and I had forged her signature on all the paperwork. So they were like preparing already. <laughs> and I was taking meetings and they're, they're like, when are we going to meet your wife? Oh, soon, one day, whatever. But I was determined and uh, she found out. And so the punishment was she made me finish all the rest of the paperwork also. So I don't think she sent a single document. And if you made Aliyah, you know, it could be a lot of paperwork. So she made me yeah. sign for her every single time. So power of attorney. But, um, you know, we and we moved. Uh, so it was a winter. It was January. Never forget the day. January 27th, 26th, sorry, of uh, February. Sorry. Look, I just forgot the day. February 27th, <laughs> 2016. We'll never forget it. My song, Hashem Elech, had just come out. So it was a pre- wow. pretty much, it was a big baligan to some degree because we got here. And uh, and and they were playing Hashem Elech in the airport, and people were, you know, reporters and the whole everything, and uh, it was it was a little overwhelming, but it was definitely, I felt like I came home, so no doubt about it. I, I actually I have chills because that's, I, I know I said like a lot of people have crazy stories making out, but that was probably one of the most uh, <laughs> powerful ones I've heard today. Every every word was true. I no, I, I believe it. I believe it. You know, like you said, uh, you, you finally realize the address. We just forget that that's always the address, but to have the, the willpower and the grit to keep, you know, I I can't say for myself that I've ever down for something for four hours, yeah, let alone, yeah. you know, like I've sat in shul for hours on end, but have I down right. for hours on end? No. <laughs> so yeah. um, that's, uh, that's absolutely incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And I guess, as you said, you guys haven't looked back. So, uh so, so I'm just curious, you know, for those that maybe don't have that awakening or that feeling that you had or that connection to the, you know, to the Torah and, 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 and all those things that you found for yourself, you know, where do you, where would you suggest people start? And maybe for you, it is, you know, just starting by opening up a book and, and reading and connecting, but, but where do you, where do you start for those that, you know, are not living in Israel, aren't even thinking about living in Israel, don't necessarily have any connection mm-hmm. What's one way to like kind of light, light the fire? Bring well, little... I think I think that um, this is this may be it, it may sound like it's coming from uh, uh, I don't want to say a harsh place, but I think people understand what I'm saying from a, from a zealous place about about being here is that certain things um, can in, in our in our personal relationship. With God, our personal relationships with individuals, certain people, right? There's certain things that, where if I if I notice that there's a there's a there's a there's a lack in the way um, 
that I, I show care towards my wife or towards one of my children that there could be there's a defect in the like something's off something's off by me i it's, it's not 100% doesn't mean i'm a bad person doesn't mean i'm any i just something's off this i should be i should be more like x i should be more concerned about these things or whatever so a lot of times we have to make these adjustments in life to, in order to to put things in priority to where they're supposed to be right uh, i'm just using that as an example in terms of our in terms of our our spiritual world and our essence is 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 the Jewish people, there's supposed to be a fire for this place to be here in Eretz Israel, and whenever we see that they, that it's not there, then that means this is something something's not clicking, something's not where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, that what I'm saying is that for the the makeup in the in the in the soul of the of a Jewish person, and one that. That 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 carries the mission that we have to be Olagoyim and and all the different components and to keep Hashem's Torah and to 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 not have a yearning to be in a place that Hashem talked so much about that Hashem is like spilling his 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 whole heart about how beautiful this place is. I'm going to bring you to this place and our, and our whole essence. This is like a major key component of of our whole entire faith and who we are as a people, right? Like this place is so important. Without Israel and without the Jewish people, you can you can basically come to the conclusion that God isn't real. Because if you look at the prophets, and this is one of the biggest things that drew me to Judaism was I didn't know anything about Jewish history, right? I didn't grow up. I grew up, you know, in the hood, typical black kid, urban community, never heard of the Holocaust, didn't know anything about it. I didn't hear about these things until I actually started studying Jewish history. And the more and more I started studying, and I was only studying Jewish history because I was reading Tanakh. So then I got more interested because there's a lot of prophecies and a lot of claims. What actually happened to the Jewish people? How come they're here in my neighborhood and they're not in Israel? Well, how did this happen? Right. So obviously you start to do the process of elimination, looking at things. And you look at Jewish history and it's only a miracle that the Jewish people exist. It is only a miracle that the Jewish people exist. There's no, we've had problems with every single nation you don't want to have a problem with. We've we've had the problem with them, and 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 you know, for many people who grew up Jewish, have been saying Vishamda a long time. For me, this was I I I got to learn into Vishamda. Like I I got to learn into that. It wasn't something like I was saying this. I really see it from from the eyes, almost as like Mark Twain writing about in eighteenth or nineteenth century. I think it was when he came here and his in his amazement at how the Jewish people are still here, and even he spoke of that time of the of the um of the barrenness of Israel, that it wasn't given forth fruit. And like, you know, and not only him, yeah. other people did it also to the Turks. You find historians, you find also from, from, from British, um, which is a direct, you know, in direct correlation to what Hashem says, that if we don't keep his command, he'll make the land barren. He'll send us out of the land. All these things happen. These are crazy, you know, claims to say that somebody would ever say or be able to speak. In, in this case, we're talking about God and they actually come to pass past you look up jewish history this is what's happened everything that you know it's all of jewish history is all connected to the tanakh because every single thing that came forth was all out it had already been predicted it already said that it was going to happen so what you find at the end is that god proves the integrity of god's entire existence it's not based on science it's not based on on mathematical equations or anything else God's integrity, that he places his integrity of his existence on the Jewish people and on the land of Israel. These two things have to be there at the end. So all throughout, if you study eschatology in time study, God is saying constantly that these things. Now, if now one thing could be true, 
You can say it. Somebody can say these things and they're going to be there in the future. Okay. But they have a good claim that if I can look at what the track record has been, that he said that I'll make you a small nation. I'm going to send you out of the land of Israel. You're going to be small in number. You'll be hated by all the nations. The land will become. If I could go back and see all of those things, and then I can jump over to Yechezkel and it says that when you come back to the land, then the land again be, begin to give fruits and to give vegetables and vegetation. If I could look at that and say, that's money in the bank. So that means that God has proven his entire integrity of his existence on the Jewish people and on the land of Israel. So as a Jew, if I don't have a yearning to be in Israel, something's off. Something's not right. Something's not right. It's a, it's a defect. Wow. Wow. That's extremely powerful. And I mean that in a nice way. <laughs> I'm not the I'm not the Gehenna guy, you know. I'm not saying, you know. I'm just being like, you know, this is something we should we should definitely something's off in that uh, inside, and it's it's okay. It's just something that we we all have to fix. We all got things. Right? No, I I, I don't think I heard that at all. It's like something's off, and therefore you know people are, should be punished and they're doing right. something wrong. It's more like it's a missing, it's a missing piece. piece. It's a missing right. piece of your right. Um. You know, I could think about, I didn't grow up religious and I can think about, you know, my, my time with Hashem in my life, my time without Hashem in my life. And there was something that was just right. missing. Like there, you feel it viscerally. I had the same thing before going to Israel and after going to Israel. Right. Like, you know, and even though I, I don't, you know, so I, I, I hear you. I, I don't think I've ever heard it put in that way of like Hashem putting his whole integrity of his existence on, you know, on this bit, on this, this whole idea of, of us being connected mm-hmm. Eretz Israel and, and being a people that's going to survive and and persevere through all of the all of this you know crazy right. history. Um, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing stuff when you really think about. It. It's mind blowing, and you don't have to dig deep to find it. It's just like you can just read the book. Like you know what I'm saying? You know, not like something you got to pull it from somewhere. It's a, it's hidden somewhere in a cave. You know, it's like this is like out in the open type stuff. You know. There's a, she made me think about this incredible book that was put together with this gentleman, Doug Hershey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he was like a tour guide in Israel. I'm trying to get him on uh, on the podcast because uh, mm-hmm. it's just, he put together this magnificent book that's, it's a, uh, he took pictures. Mm-hmm. He found all these archived pictures of Israel, all over okay. Israel from a hundred years wow. ago. And then he went back, I think it was on Israel's 70th anniversary. So maybe like five years mm-hmm. ago now. And he went back to the exact coordinate, exact spot and took another mm-hmm. picture. And then the whole book is side by sides and like anecdotes of the people he speaks to. And he goes to Arab villages as well. And he goes, you know, it's not just to show that like where the Jews are living in Israel right now are prospering. He shows that all of Israel is prospering with the Jews Mm -hmm. being there. And it's like, you just see, I mean, even though like in black and white and then color, it's just. Wow. I got to see this. I got to see this. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send, I'll send you the link. It's wild. Um, and he quotes all of Tanakh and Bible in the wow. beginning and the prophecies. And it just kind of like ties together in this beautiful way. That's just, just so poetic. And uh, <laughs> um, it's so yeah. interesting, the richness of, of the history and, and how much it is like, it's, it's crazy. I remember the first time I went to Washington, DC was about a week and a half after um, I came, came from Israel for my first time. So can you imagine like being there and they're like, oh, this, this uh, statue is 300 years old. And this is, and I'm just like, I just got back from Israel. Like, I'm not excited to see nothing here. Like, you know, I've seen caves that were like two times, you know, as old as this place. So um, it just is what it is. It's just such a rich and, and, and unique um, history 
um, that 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 it's that it's bigger. Like our claim isn't like, look what happened to these guys, you know, long time ago in this place or whatever. It's like, this is still alive today, you know? So this land is still alive. So I'm very interested to see those pictures because it it, it means everything. Like I seen also to a video, um, there's a particular uh, organization or group, I think it's colored through history or something like that. And I seen a video also too, um, which I think it was a lot of Jordanians or a lot of Arabs, at least in, in this video that they, they recovered from, I don't know, you know, late 1800s. Um, it's about 120 something years ago, this video. It's like one of the, probably one of the first cameras ever. And it just by Yaffa gate and they recolored it and brought everything back to life. They, they're doing this crazy thing where they're like able to, through you know, artificial uh, intelligence to be able to bring color back into old pictures or whatever. And I'm looking like, that's that's Yaffa Gate, you know. I walked through there plenty of times, you know. Not too much has changed, you know. And it's just only 121 years ago, right? Um, and and of course, somebody like ruined the whole thing. I was like, you know, what's crazy about this is everybody in here is dead. Like I was like, okay, destroy it. But you know, it's always that one person to ruin and put a bad comment. But I remember thinking about that was like, you know, people were traveling through on horse and buggy. And donkeys, you see people going through on donkeys. And it's amazing how much technology has changed over the like just the last 100 years, last 70 years, 80 years, you know, because if you were able to take a video camera and, you know, just say you had one, you know, two, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred years ago. I don't think life would have been any different than what we saw that 121 years ago, right? That's only like within the last 80 years or whatever um, that technology is like, you know, you can't even you wouldn't even be able to recognize, you know, the 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 way that people lived in in the in the former time, the way they traveled, the way they tra- like it was just it was a completely different life. But when I'm looking at the picture, like that's still Yaffa Gate, and it looks the same then as it does right now. You know what I'm saying? That's that's Eretz Israel. That's the connection of the Jewish people to the land. Like some things that we 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 only age. It's only like fine wine. It's only getting better and better and better. And no matter how many things have shifted, and no matter how crazy that they shifted, it's it's Eretz Hakodesh, and we have things here. And 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 if only the walls here could speak to us, like you know, it's uh something special. It's incredible. I, I, you're just making me think, actually. So we're coming up now. It's, it's going to be Israel's 75th, um, you know, the right. modern state of Israel's right. 75th anniversary. And uh, I guess it's crazy to think that in this time around, coming back into Israel, we've lived through a time where, like you said, you know, only the past like 75, 80 mm-hmm. years where things have progressed so right. quickly. So, yeah, I think for some people, maybe it's that much harder this time around to connect mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm foundational elements of Israel because there's been so much built on top of it in 75, which is right. incredible. And we should, and we should be and we should be part of the modern right. world. But I think you have to like open your eyes that much more, but I think people feel it, right. you know, like you, you talk to anyone who, especially, you know, a Jew comes to Israel for the first time or mm-hmm. non-Jew. Oh yeah. Time. I you hear by non-Jews all the time. My, my mother-in-law has been hey. here for two and a half months or so. And she, she loves it. I, wow. She's no showing no signs of going back home. And then most, and most, and most son-in-laws wouldn't like that, but I actually enjoy my mother-in-law. I'm enjoying her a lot, but, uh, but she, she says, I just took her through, uh, through the old city yesterday and, you know, we, we didn't get out or whatever. It was a little cold and she had a knee issue. Um, but like her, just like, I, I hear it all the time, even from people who are not Jewish, it's something about being in this place. that's just magnetic. So no doubt about it. Incredible. So 
I don't want to wrap up, but we do have yeah. to wrap up. And I just wanted to uh, so just thank you. Thank you for sharing all these in- incredible, powerful insights. And just love to to hear from you. Just, you know, I like to ask people when, when you think of Israel, it's just like the first word or phrase that comes wow, to mind for you. That's very good. I never thought of that. I wasn't prepared. Maybe that's, maybe that's the way <laughs> it's that. that way. <laughs> Israel, I, just every time you see it, I see this like, when I say that, it's, 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 it's less of a word. I don't see a word. I just see image of, of Yerushalayim stone. I see, I don't know why I see clouds. <laughs> I see clouds. Uh, uh, maybe because I'm yearning to be at the coattail right now. But I just see very much so uh, doves. I see, you know, I see shalom. I see shalom. That's what I see. Even though um, probably according to a lot of the news and everything else that goes on here, when I see, I see peace. That's what I see. It's a, it's a place of, of peace. That's the, that's the mahus. It's the essence of Eretz Israel. May not be always what's going on. Um, uh, as I spoke about the traffic in Jerusalem earlier, um, but it definitely is, is, is a place of shalom. When I think of Eretz Israel, I think that's the, that's what I'm getting at. I see shalom. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank, you so, Thank much. you so so much. Thank you really for sharing. Coming Thank on. you. Thank you so much for having uh, me. Don't forget me to send the link. Send for forget to send me the link for the book. I'm like overly interested now. You, you got it. I'm all right. Thanks. Thank so you much. so much. You should have all the blessings in the world, and uh, and, uh, and 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 never have to leave Israel. <laughs> amen. Um, a big amen to right. that. God bless you. For you too. As amen. Well. Thank you so much. So I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. And I just want to point out something that Nisim said so poignantly. I mean, he made it clear, right? At least for him, things are black and white. It's in the book. And he said, he said, if Hashem, if God keeps talking about this land, keeps talking about Israel, then it must be important. And I'll take it a step further. If the whole world obsesses and talks about Israel as much as it does. This place that they shouldn't even be paying any attention to. There's much bigger problems. Not much bigger problems, but there's there's a lot to be talking about and to put so much energy and time to speaking about and focusing on Israel. Then I think the whole world is telling us too that there's something here. And it's up to each of us to, to find that spark, to find that connection and, and Find what it is that we can connect to with this place that is obviously supposed to be important to us in one way or the other. So until next time, thanks again for joining.